Hey gang! Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts is funded by Patreon. Join for early access to special bonus episodes and exclusive material, including the upcoming Scooby-Doo Book Club. Joining is the best way that you can be a part of shaping the material we produce, and we are super thankful to everyone who contributes. Thank you to David Green, Kyle Michaud, Katie Maxwell, Jordan Ferguson, Pablo Corden, Matthew Bang, Blake Sawyer, Ashley Martinez, Dan Reed, Gabriel Pesek, Toj, Jade Core, Wynn Richport, Samuel Chesser, Bradford N. Smith, Page on Gaming, and Alicia Harper for funding this episode. Welcome to Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. The original podcast that painstakingly goes through all Scooby-Doo media in search of those to Scooby-Doo absolutely or Scooby-Don't under any circumstance. I'm your host, Billy. And I'm your host, Amelia. And we're watching Poodle Justice. along with it. Well, okay. I don't know what I expected. Let, let's unpack this here. Because as an episode of Scooby-Doo, Poodle Justice is out there, but we've had way worse. As it is played in this episode, Poodle Justice is the name of an in-fiction TV show. Would you watch a show called Poodle Justice? No. Because it doesn't sound like a primetime cop show. It sounds more like like a Judge Mathis or a Judge Judy thing. It sounds like you're going to go to small claims court and a poodle is the judge. I'll also raise you that I wouldn't watch it anyways because it's copperganda. And I don't watch cop shows That's because fuck the police. That's a thing. It's a new thing. I feel like I've watched a lot of cop shows in my life and it gets harder and harder. You watched that from the point of view of not understanding that it was copperganda. Yeah. But then as soon as you see it, it's really fucking obvious. It is. The most obvious of all is Brooklyn Nine-Nine, a situational comedy in which, you know, oh, look, we get to relate to these police officers. But if Jake Peralta was a real cop, he wouldn't hesitate to bash in your head with a billy club. Like, you remember that episode where they go to, like, special cop training? Yeah. And Rosa finds, like, the sound cannon and points it at Charles, and then he's all like, oh, I can, I can taste my teeth or something. Yeah, like, that's like, what they ha, use ha, ha, ha. That's so funny. That weapon actually exists, and it can cause serious harm up to death, and cops have access to it. Yeah. Fuck the police I mean... and fuck cop shows. Brooklyn Nine-Nine should have been about, like, I don't know, male men. They need to do... What Are You Being Served did. This is my precedent. Are You Being Served went from being about a department store to a farm in the countryside. So if Brooklyn Nine-Nine just becomes about a farm in a countryside, it'll have me back. But yeah, okay, so th this is what we're interfacing with here. It's cop shows, even cop shows about dogs. Like, okay, I'm just going to talk a little bit more about my morning of that genre, because, like, Monk? I loved Monk. Monk was a consultant. Yeah. So that was a step removed, and I, I was always there, I was always at Monk for his, like, chaperone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was the best part of that show, because watching him have severe OCD was just upsetting. But we, the sass of the chaperone, whose name I unfortunately cannot remember. Sharona? 
Was Sharon like in the that. first one? Something like that. Yeah. Tony Shalhoub is great, in uh, general. Well, yeah. We're really avoiding talking about Poodle Justice, aren't we? Sure are! I mean, at first glance, it, it does a little bait and switch with you. It makes you think that this is a, you know, we're at a crime scene, that there is going to be a legitimate consulting dog detective, because this, this dog is also not a cop. Never went to the academy. This dog is much like Monk in that it is a consulting detective. Monk was a cop, though. Yes, he was. Just then the death of his wife sent him over the edge. Yeah. Even though, you know, he did show signs throughout his life, but that just really what pushed him into not really being able to function in his normal job anymore. This episode is not about Monk. It is about poodle justice. Um, imagine it, if this poodle had had severe OCD. Imagine if this poodle was played by Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> she is. Why? <laughs> guess who? Why hasn't Tony Shalhoub been on Scooby-Doo yet? <laughs> He would love, he would be great. He peeked in his, his scary media with 13 ghosts. He did, with Matthew Lillard. Maybe there's bad blood. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine having bad blood with Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's get a premise. Alright, yeah, let's skip at first glance, because we're not going to get through it. Scooby gets to visit the set of his favorite TV show, where he meets the lovely dog actress Star. Unfortunately, he doesn't have the courage to talk to her. And to make matters worse, a gargoyle is scaring everyone off set. Uh, yep, that's it. That's what happens. <laughs> now, have we seen a gargoyle before? Th that answer What's has new? to be yes, right? What's new What's in new? France? Okay. And that was also kind of leaned towards, like, movie stars because the fiance of Daphne's cousin was the French movie star. I, I definitely got flashes of that during this episode. Well, I was going to say, th so I, I wasn't sure, but that makes sense because that would have been a European gargoyle, but these are the first American gargoyles we're seeing. I am not 100% sure where this episode takes place, but it feels very New York to me. It's got that sort of Big building, gargoyles in New York atmosphere, which obviously takes me to Disney's gargoyles. I wish this was Disney's I wish. gargoyles. That'd be great. Riker could be here. Do you remember the episode where the fat gargoyle shoots the cop that they hang out with? He's no. just like, he like <gasps> finds her gun. Yes, I do. And he's just like, what's this? And then like just points and fires. And I'm like, I think you know what that was. That's right. They did a gun safety episode. <laughs> I, th I think that was a deliberate attempt on her, on her life, and he was playing dumb. <laughs> I remember an episode where they went to a, like, a different dimension or something, where they were humans and everyone else was gargoyles, and uh, they ended up just scaring everybody, because they're like, oh, well, we're still different, even though we're human now. Ooga booga, we're human. <laughs> Alright, so, the Shaggy Scooby shenanigans. I want to start with them. Shaggy opens this episode... On a real hot streak of self-confidence, not yes. only is his chin fuzz been upgraded to status of beard, but he has been called a man for the first time in his life. Someone has correctly identified the gender that he identifies as. And to, to make that knife twist a little bit more, he then says, take that, Uncle Dave. <laughs> Like, Shaggy, Shaggy's ooh, uh, own family has really torn him down. 
We all have that Uncle Dave, though, that, yeah. you know, doubts everything that we are and can do. And I, I seriously feel for Shaggy here, because I think listeners know I'm not necessarily the manliest of men. No! Especially compared to how I've described my family of big, burly, bearded men. <laughs> but sometimes it's nice to be acknowledged. But I like that you don't have a beard. I know. I hate beards. I, look, look at this now. I did a shave this morning, specifically because I knew we were doing this podcast, and you would have to look at me. Shaggy continues like a hot streak of things going well for him because he gets access to the craft services table. Why? Is this food service table nothing but large tiered <laughs> cakes and white bread sandwiches? I don't know. I mean, it... This is the worst craft services table <laughs> I'd ever seen. Aren't there, like, large hams on it and other things like that, too? Like, it should be single serving items. I know craft services can vary wildly depending on, like, the budget of the show. Like, I think I remember hearing a story of how the cast of Community, during the episode where Jack Black was there, they actually got an upgraded craft services table, and everyone was just, like, filling their pockets. <laughs> I mean, here we've got a uh, half of a watermelon, a ham. What is that, a pile of mashed potatoes? Look at that cubed jello! A huge cubed jello, a punch bowl. It's mostly sweets, though. Like, there's so many cakes. Yeah, there's pies. I am right about that ham. That's a, that's a full bone-in ham. Where's the, where are the knives and plates here? This is, this is kind of like the setup you'd get at, like, a wedding. Yes. But not really, because there's so many sweets. What's that in the... Is that pies and then french fries at the bottom? No, those would be croissants. Where are your bagels? Like, I feel like if I'm shooting this show, I just want a bagel. Yeah, it's all pies, all cakes. Maybe that's like a like a fruit stuffed Danish or something there. That's a bunt cake by some breadsticks. What the fuck? Cheese! Just <laughs> cheese out in full triangles. And like, ordinarily, Scooby-Doo, like... like White bread egg salad sandwiches. <laughs> okay, I can accept the three-tiered cake if this is like their hundredth episode or something like that. Like, the, it's a cop show. It could be long running. I'm not going to accept a three-tiered iced wedding cake <laughs> on a show called Poodle Justice. Oh, well, it doesn't. Hey, you don't have to accept it. That's what they have to serve. And, and hey, I will not accept it. Isn't this good for Shaggy and Scooby? Because they, they just get to go to town. This sort of, I mean, as we said in the premise, one of the main plot points of this episode is Scooby having a crush on a poodle. Another small dog, very much his type. She's, she's a pretty big poodle. She's on the big end of poodle. He's on the very small end of Great Dane in this art style. This is not a large Scooby-Doo. Right, okay. I feel like What's New probably had the biggest Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. And this one's very small. So finally, Scooby-Doo dating a size-appropriate woman? Yes. Yeah, because you know what? You're, you're right. Style. Because look at that poodle lying next to uh, its human cop partner. They are the same size. And poodle, I feel like poodles in life are a lot bigger than we usually draw them. Yeah, poodles are pretty big. Can get pretty big. Well, Shaggy has an atypical plot line with this lady crush in that he doesn't get jealous. No. He encourages it. I Probably because he thinks that she's out of his league. 
Or maybe... Look, he's not going to get with the star poodle. What What if everyone's just a little more emotionally healthy in this series? Or at least Shaggy and Scooby, because uh, Daphne, maybe not. <laughs> in defense of my girl Velma in Mystery Incorporated, she was supposed to be a lesbian. That didn't understand she was a lesbian yet, so that's not necessarily emotionally unhealthy. Well, I mean, I, I'm Shaggy just wasn't the guy for her. I'm also going to put out that Scooby-Doo has a lot more luck here, because unlike his last girlfriend, when this dog falls from a great height, she doesn't just land and fall into a coma. Scooby's able to save her, via gargoyle. Oh, why, oh, why didn't he have a gargoyle <laughs> only Nova fell out of that helicopter into the herd of genetically engineered bug cows? Isn't it amazing, though, how many of Scooby's girlfriends end up falling from a great height? It's a, it's a worrying trend. Scooby's hand is animated at one point. When yeah, he comes not paw. Over, when he comes over to talk to his little crush, he brings up his hand, and it is on the equal terribleness with Shaggy's feet, and I'd like to bleach it from my mind. Good lord, I hate this art style. It is the worst on Scooby. Like, everyone gets it pretty bad. Fred looks like shit. But Scooby makes me a little queasy looking into that dog's eyes. I do not like it. Hey, I do actually have something here that might, you know, a, a nice salve to wash that image out of your mind. It's my fashion report for this episode. Because at one point, Shaggy and Scooby have to distract the gargoyle by... Sort of reenacting a campy sitcom for it. And we see Shaggy in just a nice, calming, blue button-up shirt and khaki pants. And, like, this is a look I've never seen on Shaggy before. It's like some sort of wild alt-universe. <laughs> this is after Shaggy is grown and settled. Yuppie Shaggy. No. <laughs> Yuppies are very specific. Yuppies are 80s businessmen that did a mm. lot of coke. Urban Shaggy? Suburban. Suburban Shaggy. Yeah, there we go. Let's, oh, let's not go down that rabbit hole. Well, you know what? We were, in, we were in an apartment building. That's what made me think of it here. Specifically, as Shaggy says, the creepiest apartment building he's ever seen. To me, that building looks gorgeous. I would love to live there. Speaking of that bit where he's in a button-up shirt, it's like a staged sitcom mm -hmm. to try and confuse the monster. Like, you know, how they, I don't know, one time put the wolfman in a barber's chair and then yeah, cut like, his hair, you know. And this is typical. The monster just goes along with it for some reason. They are enacting like a cheesy sitcom. And I guess Shaggy is trying to like Big Bang Theory joke the monster to death because the jokes are at a level of dad joke Yeah, that really hurt my soul. That was very much intentional. Yeah, and I'm saying I didn't like it. Oh. Well, I'm I, don't, saying, I don't think you were supposed to. Shall we move on to the Daphne dilemma? Uh, yeah, her stupid shit this episode <laughs> is that she has a fake beard. She ha I wrote down she has grown a beard, but it is probably fake. It's taken off a couple yeah. of times throughout the episode, Billy. The, gar the gargoyle ends up wearing it, and that ends up being a clue, because the beard then contains some dust particles. Velma doesn't even need to put a magnifying glass up to it for you to see that it's full of dust. Yeah. Daphne would be the fat, 
fedora-wearing milady fuckboy <laughs> that just walks around with Dorito crumbs in her facial hair. Also, what is this fucking facial hair made out of? Why does it frizz in the steam room, but her actual hair does not? That was that, something you had a big... No one's hair like, frizzes. Oh, so what is... What sort of hair would frizz the most? But it, it does become just like a great big bushy beard. When normally it was sort of a trim goatee. And then that's it for Daphne. That's well, all she fucking does. I d- is I, have a beard. I have one more note because at the end of this episode, uh, the director is sort of upset because uh, the gargoyle ruined the final scene. And like now there's a gargoyle swooping through it and there's all kinds of stuff. And Daphne says, I think it's a great ending. Look, Scooby comes in as a hero dog and... And saves the day for Poodle Justice. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? That's going to be so confusing to viewers. Where has Scooby been in the narrative before this? Is he going to be a recurring character afterwards? Why does Poodle Justice need to be saved? She's a strong, independent lady. Where does the fucking gargoyle come from? That's true, too. It's not in the narrative of the episode. Like, this dog is just going to come through... With his gargoyle companion, save Poodle Justice, are they trying to backdoor pilot something here? Because I'm not having any of this. Imagine if you're watching an episode of Monk. And right at the end, as Monk and Captain Stortlemyre are talking to each other, a fucking gargoyle just comes in and swoops up Tony Shalhoub. You'd have questions. Yeah. You would have questions. And I don't care if this is a stupid dog cop show. You would still have questions if you're taking the time to fucking watch it. So Daphne ruins this show and ruins this man's career. (laughs) Poodle Justice cancelled after 15 seasons. And ruins my life with her stupid shit that she chooses to do every episode. Uh, the Fred Factor. He shops at Cops Co. Fuck you! That doesn't make me happy! It is the crime scene supply store. It's it's definitely a wholesale outlet where police are supposed to get their doodads. It is a Costco, obviously, but instead of, you know, large delicious muffins and CD-ROM games for cheap prices, yeah. you get pepper spray and rubber bullets and targets of black men that you can fire your guns at, and... See, I like a Fred who just sees a tire and a broom and thinks, I can solve a crime with this. (laughs) (laughs) Seeing him actually get outfitted with all this kit is a a little bothersome. I I really don't like when Scooby-Doo tries to do this whole, like, Fred would be a cop narrative. No, he wouldn't. Because Fred's a good boy, and there's no good cops. Good cops don't stay cops. Imagine that. So Fred's not a cop. Fred would not shop at Cops Co. But he does here. Yet another reason to a big fuck you be cool. Relationships between characters. Again, I have to note, it is so different in this series compared to what we've seen before. There is a scene where Fred and Velma exchange knowing looks and it's like very much that fred and velma are a team here solving crimes and he is just i was gonna say putting up with what daphne does but he's really not he's He's, not no he's he's so over daphne the only redeeming factor of fred this episode is that 
he hates Daphne's nonsense crap as much as I do. There's a part where Daphne, at the end, Daphne says, I'm not going to have a beard. I'm just going to have a mustache. And Fred looks at her with just such dead eyes and says, I'll be in my van. Yeah. Hashtag same. It's like, it's like when you uh, start doing a bit and I express how I want you to stop that bit because you've done it. I've understood it and I've not laughed at it. And I've in fact moved on with my ADHD goblin brain and want to do something else. But you just keep going and going I'm, with yeah, that bit. Yeah, I, I do and yes and it. It, it activates my fight or flight response of anxiety. You don't fly. No, I don't. Do I, Billy? <laughs> no, you don't. No, no. <laughs> so, so I feel I... like you're my Daphne, and that's it's upsetting me now as I think about it. I have such a good transition here, though. You know who does fly? Fred in a hot air balloon. He is constructed out of the van. Yeah, and he ha- he wears goggles while he flies. It. Oh, he does wear a little pilot's helmet and goggles. You still have the windshield, you fucking dipshit. Sometimes- I hate you again, Fred. Sometimes it's just about, like, when else am I going to get to wear this? And then I- I'm going to end off today's uh, commentary on the gang with the Velma vision. And my only note here is that Velma thinks we shouldn't acknowledge what Daphne is doing. Uh, yeah, she doesn't want to add accelerant to that fire. She thinks it's better if we do not give Daphne any any energy. She will not give any energy back. It's a good plan. But Fred, however, has not been mentally... Like, if Velma could have shot him a text being like, Daphne's pretending to grow a beard today. Don't acknowledge it. But Fred, you know, can't help himself. Has to ask. And then we have to put up with it for the rest of the fucking episode. My one note for Velma is that she likes the film director that's directing this particular episode of television. Once again, this is just like that what's new when she likes the French movie star. She does not strike me as a movie fan. I do not think Velma would sit around and waste time on movies. I really don't. I know since Where Are You, she's been monster movies because she talks about them with Shaggy. Mm -hmm. But that's never, like, been shown? Ever? Like... You only ever hear well, about how much she loves movies I, when she meets a director or an actor she wants to bone. <laughs> I, I was going to say, this feels like she's into maybe his more pretentious movies. And like, oh, you're ex- directing TV? Oh, but you have so much more to offer. And and I understand that's why she liked the French movie star, too. Yeah. Oh, I only watch movies with subtitles, obviously. But I just don't think she'd watch a movie. I just don't feel like that's Velma. I feel like... I don't know. I, I feel like... I mean, I know it takes a lot for, for you to watch a movie, but I feel like it's a little more casual for other people. Oh, like I'm the only person on Earth that has anxiety issues enough to not want to spend two hours with the same fucking people. <laughs> Movies are too long. <laughs> Maybe she likes short films. Right, who are our minor mentions here? Trying to tell me I'm the only person on earth I'm, that doesn't like I wasn't like saying a movie. you were the only person. Movies are the worst way to ingest a story. Fuck. Lady Annabelle. Yeah, what about her? She's a fucking dog. She is a consulting detective poodle. No, she's an actress. Oh, she's not. Yeah, that is correct. Well, Zeely, here's the problem. I started making my notes when I thought it was real. Um, yes, I should have also said she was an actress playing the character. Is the character also Lady Annabelle? 
Like, is this a Will Smith scenario? Well, we didn't see the opening credits, so we can't know for sure whether or not she does a gentle rap about the show we're <laughs> about to watch. So I don't feel comfortable whether or not I'm saying it's a Will Smith situation. <laughs> he does rap so gently. All right, so Lady Annabelle, well, we've, we've talked about her. She's a poodle. Uh, her partner in the show is Hudson, played by the actress Charlene, who just seems so not into the idea of playing a poodle's subordinate. Would you? No. Would you want to play a character that's so fucking stupid she gets down on her hands and knees to smell the ground and then is like, it just smells like ground! I'd want to kick that fucking dog in the head, too. I assume that's what she wants to do. She leaves every scene in such a huff. She does leave it. I mean, that's not professional, to leave every scene in a huff like that. Well, you know what? She probably signed this contract before flanderization of this character. Yep, no, 100%. This is probably season 10, and we're going through, like, the Cass and Dean motions that, like, Supernatural started to go through at season 4, you know? Like, she's been flanderized into an idiot. I agree with her. I wouldn't want to be on this fucking show either. Um, there is the director, Daniel Valentino. He never finishes a project on time or on budget, so he's been... I don't been, know how he gets work. He's been demoted to directing television as, like, his last-ditch effort to get a movie made, I guess. But, like, if those movies that are over time and over budget are still hits, what does it fucking matter? I, I feel like that matters making, a lot to a studio. If he's making garbage over and over again, yeah, kick him out. But... I mean... He's also a white man. He is. I, I feel like he's supposed to be a little Quentin Tarantino. With oh. the name Daniel Valentino? Maybe that's just me way reaching. I don't know, man. I'm thinking of when Tarantino directed an episode of CSI. But that wasn't like a downgrade thing. That was like, check it out, we got Tarantino! Yeah. We're CSI! It's the year 2002! <laughs> Nothing can go wrong! <laughs> See, the thing about men going to direct TV is like... I don't know, you get so many female directors like the one... The, uh, the lady that did Monster won a fucking Oscar for this mm-hmm. movie, and then she couldn't get work outside of television. She had to, like, go and do a single episode of Arrested Development. And it's like, that's what happens to female directors. I'm really not buying that this dude is gonna get demoted to television. No. Uh, Look at all the shit that men have made. It's literally 99% of movies. 100%. That Like, that's what happened to uh, uh, Rachel Talalay, who directed Tank Girl. She went on, she's directing TV now, and has directed, like my favorite episodes of Doctor Who and things like that. Like, she is just, like, you can absolutely tell when she's directing an episode because she's great and she deserves more movies. There is also Carly, the assistant director. Calls Valentino an insepid little ferret. And I am so into that insult. Oh my god, you insepid little ferret. I love it. I yeah. love Carly. That's, that's fucking cutting. It's like calling someone a shit gibbon. Oh, that just cuts a little deeper, doesn't it? And then, I will say, one of my favorite characters in this episode, Mr. Sullivan. He's a man in a dark suit and a dark beard. Kind of looks like the first master from Doctor Who, if I'm being honest. Like that sort of archetype. He is a man who lives in the apartment building where this episode is being shot. And he's complained to the tenant board. The ironic thing is, if he would just stop slowing down production with his complaints, they could have been done by now. Like, what, yeah. is it, what is a television shoot like this 
on set take a day, two, maybe? Like, Christ, shut up about it, Mr. Sullivan. Look, you bitch. He, he, ju- he has worked his entire life cultivating an aesthetic, and <laughs> the top of that is to live in an apartment building with gargoyles. And he doesn't want that belittled now by a cop show. Maybe he's against cop shows. Maybe Mr. Sullivan's pretty woke. <laughs> no, I think he's just like a fucking fake goth bitch. Needs to shut up about his aesthetic. Well, they all pale in comparison to my final minor mention, my favorite character, truly. Man in Towel. When Shaggy and Scooby are doing the sitcom bit, it turns out that's not a set, it's someone's apartment they've broken into, and he steps out of the shower to find Shaggy, Scooby, and a gargoyle in his apartment. Yep. Moving on to the monster. Gargoyle. The gargoyle! This is my favorite monster of Be Cool so far. The gargoyle. That's a very low bar. A little bit, but this gargoyle, he is angular and thick. I just think the organ music works with him so well that they play when he's around and, like, he moves through the fog with an actual, like, stone footstep. They finally got around to making a villain who's a little bit intimidating. Now, is, is he more intimidating than, like, any villain in Mr. Incorporated? No. Because Mr. Incorporated was built around fear. But here in this comedy series, I actually thought that the gargoyle fucking killed it. Are you I, waiting for me to agree with no, you? No, I'm just, or? I don't just any, I, honestly, I'm waiting for you to rebut. Okay, yeah, it's, it sucks. It's awful. You don't like him? No. I thought he had it. art style kills everything. I cannot look past the art style, and I'm so tired of people of Be Cool being like, well, just look past the art style. Like, no! This is a visual medium. What the fuck do you want me to do? Close my eyes and experience it through the fucking vibrations in the ground? Like, Toph from Avatar? Jesus Christ. I guess, I, I don't know, for me, like... <laughs> That he he had he had angles to him. He had sharp head. Like there was a sense of weight to him. So I I liked the gargoyle. But is it a stone gargoyle that's come to life? Because we get a whole flashback sequence where Velma talks about the origin of the gargoyle. How it was an actual monster that terrorized France. Yeah, but I thought then it was that like he weren't they then made to be the the gargoyles that sat upon the or maybe i'm just i literally yeah like may have disney's gargoyles too much into me where i'm like yeah and then of course they became stone like i i don't know i only use half of my fucking goblin brain abilities to pay attention to be cool so i can't for the life of me remember how that story ends of velma giving her explanation well, I, of I gargoyles just... but i am saying i don't like it <laughs> I did also write down in there, because um, they're, they're talking about how, like, St. Robinus slayed the gargoyle monster. And I, I meant to look into it, but is this, like, real yeah, lore? it's real. I fucking love that. I love when they actually use real lore. That gets some points for me. Who was this gargoyle? It's the assistant director, Carly, because she wanted to ruin Valentino's episode... So that she could be the director. That is not how it works. Because she does all the work and she gets no credit for it. They would bring in another union director and you would continue to be the assistant. Uh, it's not a great system, but it also does provide less cases like this, less assassinations for power. I'm with her. He's an insepid little 
ferret man. He faints at anything that fucking He does him. faint a lot. He's on the ground bitching and moaning. He must be a fucking nightmare to work with on any level. And I could see that. Becoming a gargoyle for revenge? Hell yeah. Becoming a gargoyle to advance your career? Not necessarily the best move. She says herself that it was very unlikely that her master criminal plan would be feasible. Yeah, the odds were against her in hindsight. But she did it anyways for the love of revenge. For the spite. For the just wanting to make this insepid little ferret man suffer, and I can get behind that power to you, Carly. So- God, I fucking love this bitch! (laughs) So feasible, no. Approved, yes. What about terror scale? I I wrote down three, period, I guess, period. I don't want to justify why it's a three, I don't want to justify anything. It's a three. I think this gargoyle worked really well for me. Like, I was satisfied with the gargoyle as a monster, and I think this should be my new baseline. Does it do- For what a be cool monster should be? Does it do anything besides swoop around and fly? It's It stalks Shaggy and Scooby through those, like, but, steam-filled pipes for a bit. But does it do anything? What would it do if it got its hands on you in the steam room? Crush you. I don't think it would. It would crush you in its hands. I'm I'm giving it a 7 out of 10 to establish a new baseline. And Shouldn't I'm, your from baseline here on out, be a 5 because that's in the middle of 10? I thought it... Pa- Alright, I'll, 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 I'll go to 6. I'll go to 6 because I, I do think I approve of this gargoyle. Bitch, I don't even care about your numbering anymore. It's wrong. It's been wrong since episode one. I just want to talk about what you think half of ten is for a baseline. I, th- I think a seven is a B. I go by the Canadian grading system. If you just did okay, seven. Anything below that is deficient. Do you have general thoughts or feelings? Uh, I have two. The first uh, is that Poodle Justice airs Tuesdays at nine. And I felt that was important to write down. I think that's an appropriate time slot for a show like this, but I might put it more at the 8 p.m. time slot. This is like a crappy TGIF watch it with your family show. Yeah, it's more, exactly. It's a family-oriented cop show, and I feel like nine's a little too late. On a Tuesday? This needs to be, like, the... Like, what are the gritty storylines that Poodle Justice did they, is doing? Did they move it to Tuesdays at 9 to kill it? They're like, we, we gotta get rid mm. of this stupid fucking Poodle show. Give it a death slot. Yeah, or are they like, look, we're gonna, we're gonna give... Yeah. Because otherwise they would want it as the lead-in to something good. Or something they want to test out. Uh, I also wrote down that the chase song music in this episode is the Transylvanian polka. Which you pointed out we previously heard in Frankencreepy. Yep. And it made marginal sense in Frankencreepy. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking to put the Transylvanian polka here. Like it's kind of gothic? Yeah, but... The the lyrics are literally, do the Transylvania polka. You couldn't write a quick ditty about a gargoyle? Jesus. (laughs) Gargoyles. Chasing me through town. Well, that's okay. I mean, that's a you've low just, temple. You've just done the Red Dwarf Android. I did. I did do that. I chose it as my base. Why not 
choose some like freaky organ music to denote a church or oh, something yeah. that sounds French like, with like uh, accordions or something. Why yes. a Transylvanian polka? Neither of which speaks to me about France. You know what I miss about what's new Scooby-Doo? Is their curated music? Oh, ska. Just miss the era of ska. I don't recall any ska in what's new. I feel like there was, though. I feel, I don't know, maybe I... You know what? I just like music from 2003. I think that's, I think that's it for me. That's, you know, 2003 to 2007. That was the era when they made music. And now I'm old. And yet, your favorite music to listen to is like Queen and David Bowie, and yet you're like, I like music from 2003, 2007. What is it, Billy? Hmm? How about you stick to one fucking story? I'm inconsistent. (laughs) I'm inconsistent. I I don't make any logical sense. And if you want to see these thoughts from me in real time, you can check me out on Twitter. Not really, because I don't post much. But you can still find me there. I'm at the Billy Seaguire. Amelia is at Fatal Amelia. And you can find us collectively at Scooby underscore Dews. Find all our old stuff <laughs> streaming on our WordPress, Tumblr, and YouTube. You can find our Patreon page. All that under Scooby Doos or Scooby Don'ts. I have my own personal YouTube page for spooky stuff under Fatal Amelia. And we both have Instagram, if you're interested. I'm at Fatal Amelia. He's at Billy Seafire. It's mostly pictures of our cat. He's a good cat. He's sleeping here right now. Likes this afghan I've laid out for him. I kind of laid it out for me, but that's fine. I'll be cold. The only thing left to say is, Amelia, is Poodle Justice a Scooby-Doo or a Scooby-Don't? What do you think, Billy? I think you're calling it a don't. I think I'm calling it a dote as well. I'm not impressed yet or possibly ever. You know, like, I I want to be objective. I really do. But sometimes you just got to be that bitch. And this is a don't. I don't want to justify why I might like it. Fair I, enough. Because I don't. I think I'm going to push this one to a do because I really like the gargoyle. I really like the setting of this sort of, like, Manhattan gothic apartment building. But I do want to point out again how terrible a title Poodle Justice is for a gargoyle episode. It really doesn't show what we're tuning in for. I don't want the poodle, I want the gargoyle. Our next episode is Grand Scam. If it's Mr. Incorporated running the scam, there's a chance to win you back, I feel. Why? Why do you feel that? Because scams are great. And on that note... That's it from Scooby-Dooby-Us. To Scooby-Dooby-You! I mean, you somehow scammed me into this relationship of 12 years. So, yeah, they're great for you.